of God, um, raised up to bring a message to Israel. And um, there's much that we can learn from it about the character of God, about the nature of God. And, and in realizing that, um, we sang, we are trusting in every promise of God's Word. Last week, we looked at the promises of God, and I hope this week you've been standing in the promises of God. And this week, our lesson, we'll be going into it more detail tonight, but our lesson is on honoring the Most High God. It is, it is so important that we understand this because this is, this is our purpose for being. But notice in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, this is um, Malachi relaying to Israel what the Lord said. So it is the Lord speaking in verse 6, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If, the, if then I am the father, where is my honor? If I am a master... Where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name? Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offered defiled meat on my altar. But you say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice... Is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? But now entreat God's favor, that he may be gracious to you. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on the on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to the, its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles." In every place incense shall be offered in my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it, in that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit, its food is contemptible. You also say, Oh, what a weariness! And you sneer at it and say, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord that that is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, And my name is to be feared among the nations. So, a stinging rebuke 
that God brings to the children of Israel. He said, it's natural for um, a son to honor his father. It's natural for a, a master to be held in reverence by those that, that are under him. And he, he goes through and he illustrates. He said, you're bringing to me sacrifices that uh, we don't really want this one. We're calling the herd out, so to speak. Here's a blind one. Go offer that to the Lord. He said, go try that with your, with your rulers, with your governors. See if they'd, they'd praise you for that. See if that is giving them honor. And he says, but that is what's happening to me. And then God continued. I mean, he put the plow in here and he plowed pretty deep. He, he continued here and he says, um, not only are you bringing offerings that are not pleasing to me, but you act like it's a chore. Oh, we're getting weary of this. Why do we have to go through this? In essence, what, what they're saying. And, and he says, um, you're deceiving yourselves and seeking to deceive me, he says, when you have a lamb without blemish that you could offer, but you don't offer it. And he says, he wraps it up by saying, I am a great king and my name is to be feared among the nations. He establishes the fact that God is to be honored. And, and to honor someone means to respect and esteem them. It's a, a degree of honor that we bestow upon someone. And it varies greatly depending on their position or their achievements. This morning, the peewee kids that are graduating out of that were honored, okay? They were, they were given something. They were honored. And, and that's different than someone, um, maybe being honored for earning their doctorate degree or, or some other thing. But it's appropriate for the age of, of these children and, and realizing it. So honor varies. But to honor God means to give Him the regard, the respect, the reverence, the admiration, the adoration, the awe, the praise. All of those things are, are things, reverence, respect, adoration, awe. But it also means to give Him our submission and obedience which are due Him. To honor God means that we worship Him in all our attitudes, our affections, and our actions. That, that we honor Him. And, and we live in a day, and even in Christianity, that it's, it's easy for us to lower God down. To bring Him like He's one of us. Like he's our, our buddy and, and he's our friend and he is our friend and we'll touch on that late in a little bit later here. But the reality is, unless we see God as 
as high and lifted up and honorable and the king of all and worthy, everything else in our life will be off kilter. And it's coming back to that. There are, there are many, there are many words and, and terms that apply. It's glorifying God, and, and these all aren't exactly the same, but honoring God. Fearing God is really one of the basis of honoring God, and we'll touch on that in just a little bit as well. But we honor God as, as people, and especially as believers, because of a number of reasons. I mean, if nothing else, he said to. But we want to list just five reasons here today. Honor God because of His, number one, almighty power and amazing work. Turn to Psalm 33. Psalm 33. And we'll be mentioning several verses from Psalms. And this is really due to the fact that, that Psalms are written to honor God. They are songs of praise to God. But notice Psalm 33 and verse 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. So here, first of all, he says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let everybody stand in awe of Him. Why? For He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Do you you understand? He says, praise God, stand in awe, honor God because of what He has done. He spoke, he commanded, he spoke and it was done, he commanded and it stood fast. Everything you see in creation, God spoke and it happened. Wow, anybody that does that, you would honor because of his almighty power. Turn to Psalm 95, and and we're not going to go into detail on this, but Psalm 95 and verse 6. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Let us come, let us bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. He, you talk about His great and mighty deeds. The almighty power of God and His amazing works. I, I haven't been um, closely in touch with many infants lately for quite some time. Until last evening... Caleb and his family showed up, and they have their youngest is two months old. You know, there's something about just looking at a baby and saying, "Wow, this is this is amazing." 
the creation of God in, in this child. And, I mean, it was, it was good. I'm thinking on this. God is to be honored. And I'm, I'm sitting there this morning. Marilyn laid meadow on the couch and went into the kitchen to do something. And, of course, like a sinful child of the grandpa, she starts crying because you don't leave me alone. So I go over there and I just start talking to her a little and she smiles. Even at this face, she smiled at. That's mercy and grace. But I, I sat there and looked, and you know, the little clenched fist, you know, they come into this world fighting, you know what I mean? But I mean, I don't care what you look at in a baby. It's a, it's a miracle of God. And that's just one aspect. And, and that God does this, that alone. We, we should be able to just, I'll say this, and some of you will say, why don't you? We should be able to just say, that's enough today, we're done, okay? But some didn't get this, so we have to go on to some more, okay? But the reality is, we're just mentioning one little thing, but the almighty power of God, I don't care what what you think of, that anyone can do what God has done that we see and we see refreshed before us, He is to be honored. And that's what the psalmist said. Come, let us worship. Let us bow down. Give reverence to. Give honor to Him. Secondly, we honor God because of His impeccable character. Impeccable means having no flaws. Perfect. We we keep referring to this, but we spent the first few months of this year looking at the attributes of God. And all of those attributes are perfectly combined together. He is He is the perfection of every attribute and the the combination of them together. He is love. And justice perfectly combined. Every aspect of his character, all his attributes, and, and again, we're not going to take the time today to review the attributes of God, but in every aspect of God, it is perfect. And if we see him as not perfect, it is not God's problem. It's the glasses that we're looking through. It's our viewpoint because someday we will see completely all the works of God as it relates to our lives. And we will bow down and say, God, you were perfect in all your works. He is to be honored. And by faith, He wants us to bring those things that are, are hard to be understood. And there are many things that are completely inexplainable. And, and oftentimes people will, I'll be talking with people and, and they'll ask me, why did this happen? And it, and it may be a tragedy in their own life. I have no answer. 
there's no way I can make up some answer. But God knows, and, and someday we will understand, and, and His character and His works are perfect. They're impeccable. They're without flaw. He is to be honored. Turn to Psalm 47. Psalm 47. <clears throat> and notice verse 2. Well, verse, let me begin in verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob whom he loves. Notice what the psalmist says. Come, rejoice in the Lord. Clap your hands. Rejoice in the Lord, he says. Shout with a voice of triumph. Why? For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. We honor God because of His ultimate authority. He is the final authority. He is the authority. He will be the only one standing when everything is said and done. He reigns over the earth. Turn to Psalm 99. Psalm 99 and verse 1. The Lord reigns. And what should be our response? Let the people tremble. Notice what he says. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion. He is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name, for He is holy. His ultimate authority, the Lord reigns. And God reigns today. You may think things are out of control, but God is in control. God is on the throne. He is reigning in the world today. And He will be praised. And He says, come, by faith, realize that God is the ultimate authority. Turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 4. Daniel, chapter 4, and notice verse 34. This is after Nebuchadnezzar has been humbled and he he comes to... Confess that God is supreme. And at the end of his time, of his humiliation, he said in verse 34 of Daniel chapter 4, At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, And praised and honored Him who lives forever. Now, we're going to keep reading, but remember, this is Nebuchadnezzar who was the supreme commander of all the peoples at that time. And God humbled him, brought him out, and he was like a beast of the field. 
And then God showed him who God was. Notice what he goes on and says, For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? Notice, that means he is the final authority. He is the ruler over all. Nobody can restrain his hand. Nobody can say, What have you done? He is the supreme authority, the ultimate authority. So, he is to be honored. We honor those that that are in authority. And and we ought to honor those that are in authority. Because we understand those that are in authority have the power to make an impact on our life for good or bad. But to realize God is to be honored because He is the ultimate authority. Turn to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. Just take a a quick look at at this, this psalm. Every verse, you notice how every verse ends. Notice verse 1, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders, for His mercy endures forever. Every, every verse in that psalm ends, and it's, and it's like, okay, here's a choir, and Jason's directing the choir, and this part sings, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords. And you've got the men's section over here that can only learn a few verses and a few words. And we repeat, for His mercy endures forever. And then the ladies come in and give thanks to the creation of God. And they go on. And the men, and then Jason says, okay man, you're one line. For His mercy endures forever. But you notice, the message of that psalm is that His mercy endures forever. And repetition is the key to learning. And God wanted us to understand he is worthy of praise he is to be honored because of his merciful love and forgiveness i mean any one of these is reason enough to honor god but when when you think about his merciful love it is of god's mercies that we are not consumed and and to think about his mercies in saving us Turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We, we take all this just so for granted. But if, if we would let these truths grip our hearts in a permanent fashion, what a difference it would make. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, 
having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which ye stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, so he says, in Jesus Christ, we, we have been brought to peace with God because we are justified by God through Jesus Christ. But notice verse 8 of the same chapter. Verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is mercy. That is love. That is forgiveness. While we were still in our sin and our rebellion against God, Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. Anyone that does that should be honored. We honor and we ought to honor those that have laid down their lives to preserve our freedom that we enjoy here today. And we ought to honor those. How much more should we honor Jesus Christ who willingly gave of His life For the forgiveness of our sin, we were dead in trespasses and sin. Nothing that we could do to forgive our sin. We were condemned already in our sin. But His his merciful love took our place on the cross. Bore my death. And then offered the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ so that, look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Wow! Wow! I mean, look at this. I want to honor Him. You are the one that removed my guilt. You are the one that took my condemnation. You are the one that justified me. You are the one that pardoned me. I want to honor You because of His merciful love and forgiveness. And then we honor God. When we, when we come because of His presence. Um, I was raised in a generation that parents didn't know to be a good parent, you needed to go to all of your kids' athletic events, okay? So, my mom and dad didn't come. They were extracurricular activities. They weren't life, okay? So, my mom and dad didn't come to very many of, of my events. But I can remember one time we traveled from Esterville, Iowa to Cherokee, which is about 80 miles. And, and when it came time for us to wrestle, we come running out of the locker room, and I look in the stands, and there was my dad and mom. 
often because they were busy and things, they didn't even come to home meets. And, and I, I was shocked. I mean, it was like, whoa. Dad and mom are here. They drove 80 miles. That's a, that's a, it's not, it's crooked, crooked, crooked. You got to turn. You come to all these T's. It's not an enjoyable get on I-35, 80 miles and pull off. And so when I, when I realized, and I can still picture it in my mind where my dad was sitting. And I thought, man, there was adrenaline that came into me. And I thought, I, I do not want to disappoint my dad. I want to honor him. I don't want to go out there and be a fish. You that wrestle know what a fish is. You flop around on the mat, okay? I want to go out there. He, he sacrificed to drive this far to watch me. I want to make him happy that, that he did that, that that's my son. Why? Because of his presence. I wanted to honor him. I, I've, I've been to little kids tournaments and, and you can just see, I mean, it's more fun watching the, the people at that. And, and you see this, this guy, he's all buff and he's got his little four-year-old boy out there, you know, and this guy, you can just tell watching him that he wrestled and, and, um, his little four-year-old boy goes running out to the mat, you know, and, and this dad sits up there. Come on, Sam, let's go get him. Get him, Sam. And Sam goes out there and he sees dad and he goes, hi, dad. Hi, mom. And the ref, the ref takes his hand and makes him shake hands with him, you know. And this other guy across, this other four-year-old, just like a pit bull, you know, ready to. And Sam's over here going, Hi. And the ref blows the whistle and he goes, hi. Boom, boom. Pin. Just like that. And the dad's up there, you know. Whose son is that, he says, you know. And the kid gets up and goes, hi, dad. Hi. And the dad is just embarrassed to death. He had envisioned that this kid was going to be a state champion, something he never was, but his boy will be. And he, he's looking around like, oh, my goodness. I think sometimes we don't realize the presence of God, that God is right here in our lives. And he's watching. And it says, I believe it's in Hebrews, he said, Live in such a manner that he is not ashamed to be called your God. That is like saying, you know what? When I'm getting on the computer, God is right here with me. And I'd want him not to be ashamed of me. I want him to say, that's my boy. See, if my, if my mom and dad would have come to every meet of mine, I would have been a state champion. It's my mom and dad's fault, right? No, it's not their fault, alright? But, the reality is, if we would practice the presence of God in our life and realize, I mean, think of this, think, how would your life be different if if Jesus Christ got in your car with you and said, hey, I'm going to be with you in person this week. Ooh. 
I want to honor you, God. So everything I do, I want to honor you. And, and to continually live in His presence, continually commune with Him, continually depend on Him, that you want to please Him. See, it is important that we, we learn to have a healthy fear and honoring of God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. So, we honor God because of His almighty power and amazing work, because of His impeccable character, because His ultimate authority, because of His merciful love and forgiveness, and because of His presence. Notice Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Notice, we are to have a healthy fear of God because of who He is. We are to honor, respect, and reverence God and and we need to live that in our lives and to teach our children and grandchildren that. And this is where there's a delicate balance. It is it is understanding who God is and understanding He is the King of all, He is the Judge of all the earth, but He is also my Savior, my friend, and my shepherd. We live... I, I, I talk a lot about the pendulum. We live, I believe, in a society that the pendulum has swung over here that, that we've lowered God. He's, he's, oh yeah, he's God, but he's my buddy. He's my friend. We can casually just come to God. And it's true. God wants to be in every part of our life. But we need the balance to realize our God is a consuming fire. We need the balance to realize that God is the governor of all. He is the ultimate authority, and He does what He does, and no man can stay His hand. And in Matthew chapter 15, quoting Isaiah, it says, These people do honor Me with their lips, but their hearts are far from Me, in vain they do worship me. You know, God God isn't a beggar. He isn't, oh, anything you give me, oh, I'm so happy. Thank you for, for giving me ten minutes of your day. Wow, what a blessing. In fact, in, in the passage we read in Malachi, he said, I wish there was someone that would come and shut the doors so you no longer could bring me these sacrifices because it's a sham. He said, I'm not first place in your life. You're not, you're, you're not making me the master of your life. You're not honoring me. It's just something that we have to go through. He said, I wish someone would come and shut the doors. You worship me in vain. And honestly, I think God is shaking the world today to say, wait a minute, what is it that you are honoring? I'm, I'm tired of all this stuff. He says, I want you to come and honor me. 
God is to be feared. That means to have a deep reverence for Him. Recognizing and understanding His matchless authority and His power. And then gladly submitting ourselves to Him. See, it's, it's understanding who God is and lining up under it. And you only understand, and that's why we said when we began this, it's to know God. Then when you know God, you will honor Him. And when you honor Him, we'll talk about this more next week, you will come to treasure Him. But the only way you know God is, as we said last week, is is dive deep into the Word of God and say, God, I want to know You. Because I want to honor You. I want my life. The bottom line of your life as a believer is going to be, how did you honor God? In in every aspect of your life. And, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. That means it doesn't matter. The most mundane thing, you can do it to the honor of God. Realizing His presence with you and saying, God, I want to do this for Your honor and glory. In 1683, the king of Poland was remembered as the man who saved Central Europe from the invading armies of the Turks. The Turks were at the walls of Vienna, Austria. And the king of Poland led the charge that, that broke the siege and he rescued Vienna. And it is considered one of the decisive battles of European history. In announcing his great victory, the king paraphrased the famous words of Caesar by simply saying, I came, I saw God conquered. That's called honoring God. Realizing that it was God that did it. I was available, I came, I saw, but God conquered. And the reality is, in your life, you must show up. But it must be showing up with a dependence on God. And realizing, God, I want to honor you. And if you're here today and you have never personally called upon Jesus Christ, the greatest honor to Him is you trusting Him for the forgiveness of sins to see that His Son's sacrifice was not in vain in your life. And if you're here today as a believer, it's refocusing your life to say, God, I want to honor You because of who You are, because of all these things that we said, because You are right here with me. You are watching everything that I do. And what an opportunity. What an opportunity To bring delight to the heart of God. To honor Him wherever God has placed you. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would honor You. Lord, I pray for an individual that may be here today that has never 
laid down their rebel arms, never laid down their own efforts, and said, God, I'm a desperate sinner in need of forgiveness, and I trust Jesus Christ alone. I pray today that they would come to know the joy of submission to you for salvation. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer here today, I pray that we would live every moment of our lives in light of honoring you, because, Lord, we owe everything to you, our physical life, our spiritual life, our breath, everything we owe to you. And, Lord, may, may there be a renewed passion that we want to honor you as you alone are honorable. Nothing else is worthy of honor. And, Lord, I pray that the rebuke that was brought to the Israelites would not be a rebuke that is necessary in our lives. I pray that you would be first and foremost in all that we think, in all that we say, in all that we do, in every attitude of ours. So, Lord, would you, um, again, show us how we can honor you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads.